Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Hey, baseball fans. The game is over. Welcome to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show. After the last pitch, you've made the switch for 17 years. It's time to talk about the game and the team with Tim Allen. Tim Allen's here. What do you got, Tim? We'll hear the highlights. And that one's hit high and deep to right. Suzuki back. Grown man home run by Rowdy Telez. We'll hear from the manager and the players. We'll discuss the topics from the fans to the front office. I like Tim's perspective. History is made each and every year, and we're talking about it. 17 years of coverage after each game. Here's your host, Tim Allen. It is a final, the game and the series, and the results are good. Another Brewers victory, 5-3, the final. And welcome in, everybody. It is the Gene Wagner Plumbing Postgame Show. Tim Allen, Sam Schmitz, and a special guest in minutes uh, live here in the Lakeland University studios. Uh, the leader in online education. Learn on your terms, lakeland.edu. Uh, they get the win today, uh, in large part, to the long ball. And you had another small ball sighting here today. We'll get to that in just a second. More importantly, the Brewers have won four in a row, five of their last six. And now are, let's see if my math is correct, seven and five against the Mets, Cardinals, Blue Jays, and Rays. For those keeping track, Mets... I think everyone would agree, good team. Cardinals, I think everyone agrees, good team. Blue Jays, everyone agrees, good team. Tampa Rays, everyone agrees, good team. Right? Now 7-5. and five. So for those that said, well, you got to beat some teams. you got to beat some. Well, they're doing that. They're now 44-33, and 33, 11 games over 500. Now let's keep in mind they, the high water mark was 14 games over. The low after that was four games over. And now look what they're doing. Getting things back on track here. Another victory. This one, a two-game sweep. And uh, Eric Lauer wasn't super sharp, but not horrible. We'll get to some of the numbers here in just a little while. But special in-studio guest, once again, it is uh, from CBS 58, Kevin Holden. Kevin, how are you, buddy? Tim, I'm, I'm doing great. This is, okay, this is a dream situation right here. The Brewers have won a game. And I get to, to hang out with you and talk about this. We, we should have done this before now. This is awesome. <laughs> no doubt. All right, so I want to get your reaction on the game today, those that did follow it. Those that didn't, uh, we'll get your game recap coming up in just a little bit. 
as uh, this this was sort of a playoff type feel to it. It was two two good teams, two playoff teams, and in, in my estimation, going at it, tight ball games, hanging on every pitch. Devin Williams, Josh Hader, he, they've been better, but they they didn't buckle. I mean, they they might have bent a little bit. They didn't break. Josh Hader, I believe, threw what twenty four, twenty five pitches in that ninth inning, allowed a hit and a walk, and it was just wild, but. Got the job done. You keep in mind, he he pitched less than 24 hours ago. So did Devin Williams. Devin Williams, uh, he left a, a couple of base runners there. And just one swing of the bat, Tampa could have stolen this, but they didn't. And the Brewers get the victory. So are you satisfied now with where the Brewers are at at 11 games over 500? Does that, does that, make, uh, does that make any sort of satisfaction in, in your life here? I know it's been a little bit of a roller coaster ride. I understand the the injury problem. I understand the scheduling problem, which I think I under talked about the brutal schedule that they were on. And sort of at this point, I'm glad I did because people would accuse me. Hey, shut up! Because everyone's got to play their schedule. No, that was brutal, and that was totally unfair to do that to this team. Three three city road trips in a row. Think, think about that. Most teams don't get three city road trips more than two in a season. This team had three in a row in the first third of the season. So I don't want to hear that. So uh, I'm glad I didn't go off on that at the time. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, through all that, underachieving offense at times, the injuries and a brutal schedule. Are you satisfied now? 11 games over 500. Is this where you wanted them to be? This is, this is almost exactly where I wanted them to be, especially when the injuries started mounting up. Now more than ever, I'm completely satisfied with where they're at right now. Now, do I want more? Of course, we always do. Are they going to, are, are they going to uh, get to the point where they're a better baseball team in the ensuing weeks and months? I believe that. This offense hits a bunch of homers, but you had you had a tie ball game late in the game, Kevin, and you had Christian Yelich after Jace Peterson was hit by a pitch. This was the seventh inning. They were playing for a run, I think, again. Okay, there's a reason for this. Because Tampa has good pitching, but so do the Brewers. It's a race to the lead to the back end of the bullpens in this series, in this game. That's what it was. So, for those that think small ball is dead, it really isn't. It depends on the situation. Kevin, it was very interesting. Christian Yelich laying down a sacrifice, successful sacrifice bunt. There's two questions to you, Kevin. One would be, would you have done it there? But number two... Do you want Christian Yelich laying down sacrifice bunts? <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, when we're talking about a successful sacrifice bunt late in a tie game, I, I just I just wanted to make sure I wasn't living in 1985 because right. it was that used to be a thing, you know. That was that was everybody did that. Mookie Wilson laying down a bunt for the Mets, you know. Mookie Wilson, that's great. I mean, and this is. So part of the small ball thing for me, Tim, is the Brewers are beginning to find moments to successfully do that. And this moment was a big one. You know, results aside, the fact that they wanted to do this was a big moment. And the reason 
is Tampa Bay is a small ball team. They don't hit a lot of home runs. And strategically, the Brewers have to be ready for this variety of opponents because we we make this assumption that all throughout the game, every single team is all loaded up with these 30 homer guys. And there are teams like the Rays who win games other ways. So you have to respond with that. Now, the, the confidence in the bullpen is is the other half because – to say when you're playing for one, when you bunt, you are playing for one. And yeah. that means your bullpen is your, the, a point that you feel confident in. And you have Boxberger and Williams and Hayter throwing seven, eight, nine in that situation. That You should have confidence in that bullpen. So I love to see it. Now, the other question that you had was, was uh, do I like him laying down bunts? Uh, a sacrifice bunt. This yeah. wasn't a bunt for a base hit in Pittsburgh earlier this year. Right, which was, yeah, defensive, defensively aligned. This was, this was a baseball strategy move. This yeah. was an attempt to score a run. I'll say that you could have asked me that question at any other point in Christian Yelich's Brewers career prior to this year, <laughs> and I, my head would have unscrewed from my body and rolled down the hall. But 2022 Christian Yelich, it appears to me, that there's a, a consensus between Yelich and Council on a different approach at the plate. He's become a leadoff hitter. He is taking walks. He is hitting the ball on the ground. He's being aggressive on the bases. He's laying down sacrifice bunts. I think this Christian Yelich was perfect to lay down a sack bunt. But if he ever becomes the old Christian Yelich, Tim, scratch that, put an X on it, because I want him hitting homers. Yep, I might I might agree with you on that for sure. I mean, in the leadoff spot, 20 games now, hitting over 300. Uh, his overall average is now, I, I want to say, 254. I mean, look, look at this. The numbers are rising. And it's almost immediate since he went to the leadoff spot. Um, he's in the leadoff spot, the 20 games, hitting over 300, and is on base over 400. 252 is where he's at right now. I mean, that, that's, what, did he, what did he drop down to? We were miring uh, anywhere from you know, 218 to 230 for a holding pattern for quite some time. Well, now it's over 250. But 11 games over 500, first place in the Central. Collectively, with everything that's gone on, I don't know if you guys would – are you satisfied with with that? If you're asking I, me, I am. <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd have to say yes with all that because, you know, obviously we want them to be – you know, in terms of wins up with the, the big, big boys, the Yankees, and even the Mets. But considering what they've gone through, Mets didn't have this schedule in these injuries. They didn't, although they lost a couple of studs in that rotation. I'll, I'll give them that. But they didn't have the amount of injuries that the Brewers had. How many more wins would the Brewers have had had they been a relatively healthy team this year? I'm thinking probably three, four right? Maybe, maybe a, a couple more, maybe. And that's, that's a big number in baseball. You know, when you're looking at half a season, an additional three or four, look at the pacing now that they're on 44 wins, not yet to the halfway mark, four more games to the halfway mark. They're into Pittsburgh starting tomorrow in a four game set. So when you, when you add up the numbers, can you, can you take three or four in Pittsburgh? You probably should, Right. That would be 47 wins at the mathematical halfway mark of 81. 47 times 2. You're pacing 94. That's a really good baseball team. 
despite everything. Do you think they're going to have the schedule? No. They got a lot of home dates in the second half. Do you, it's, so there's no brutal schedule. Check that box. It's not going to happen again in the second half. You have a much better schedule. Do you think they're going to be healthier in the second half? You can't hardly be more unhealthy in terms of losing some guys on and off. So check that box. They're going to be healthier. I mean, are they going to un- now? Here's the key: Are they going to underachieve? Guys uh, in this in this offensive lineup, Luis Urias finally starting to break out. Christian Yelich, Keston here. Has anyone seen Keston Hira lately? <laughs> is he still? Where is Keston Hira? Is he still on this team? Uh, guys like that, and then the, finally, if, if we're judging if the Brewers are going to be a better second half team, the moves that potentially will be made. I don't know that to the extent of the moves that will be made, but I'll promise you they're making moves. I'll guarantee it. 100% guaranteed they are making at least one trade prior to August 2nd. 799-1250. We're talking Rolling Stones today. Satisfaction. Are you satisfied here 11 games over? Are you starting to feel things a little bit? Are you starting to think that it might be looking a lot like Christmas. <laughs> Every time I say that, they go on to lose three or four. <laughs> That's Sparky. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. This is a good baseball team. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. They're a good baseball team. Are there some, some bruises and scars on them? Of course there are. We could, we could pinpoint um, uh, all of the teams, all 29 other teams and find some liabilities on that team. Maybe it's their bullpen, whereas they, they, they might have a, a better contact offense. They may have scored more runs than the Brewers. They don't have the bullpen the Brewers have. There's a bunch of bruising in their bullpen where the Brewers have a starting, deep starting rotation, which has really played a part here this year. Guys, let's face it, it has. They, they went way deeper than anyone would have thought in the starting rotation here. So, again, they're a good baseball team. There's a lot of good baseball teams. Now it's going to be second half. Who's going to separate? Uh, Nate, 414-799-1250. Nate, you're first up on the fan. What's going on? What's going on, Tim? Um, for me, I, I'm satisfied because this is what this is what people have been wanting, um, me listening to the fan and stuff throughout the days, throughout the weeks. These, this is what people have been wanting. They've been wanting – them to show that they can win against quality competition. They they split right with on. St. Louis. Um, they took two out of three from t- uh, Toronto, and most people thought um, that we were going to we were going to lose two out of three against Toronto when they sh- when the pit- when the pitching revealed that um, that we weren't going to have uh, our good pitchers up, and then we we come down here and we take. Two games against Most Tampa people would have, would have said maybe split. They would have said, you're going to lose two out of three against the Blue Jays. You're going to lose two out of three against the Mets. You're going to split against the Cardinals, and then you're going to, lose, uh, you're going to split against the Tampa Rays. No, they've done yeah, almost the opposite of all of those. Exactly, and Tampa Bay is a, is a really good team um, in, a really, in a really good division. Um, so, like, this is what people have been wanting, so – for for people, if people call in and say that they're not not um, satisfied, then you're just asking for too much. Because um, injuries do play a part. Um, 
in, in this thing, even though it's not the full the full scope of it. You got to give injuries a little part to what has happened. Um, and a, and a, just just on Rowdy Tellez, just just this guy has been amazing. You know, um, you you said at the beginning that he was he was going to play a big part, and I kind of jumped on in the, after like the first. After that, like the first couple of weeks, I jumped on with you because this guy, I felt that this guy should be playing every day. And he's showing you why he should be playing every day. Yeah, and, um, and they, so. they probably don't win this game if this were earlier in the season simply because a lefty was starting for the opposition. Rowdy would not have been in this game earlier this season when he was getting benched against lefties when the reality is he's one of the better hitters based on batting average, against lefties. Well, now, what 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 has Craig Council learned? You learn throughout a season. And he's learned yeah, mo- for sure that Rowdy's an everyday guy. Yeah, most definitely. Because um, I feel like I feel like yeah, you use analytics, but sometimes you just gotta you gotta play your you gotta play the guys that, that show you that they can hit. And uh, you gotta play your best guys and Rowdy right now is one of your best guys and he's showing you that yep. he's one of your best guys. Nate, thanks a lot. Yep, Nate, Nate, you and I were right there. Nate, thanks for the call. You and I were right there on two things, two major things. We've been together on a lot of things, but two main things. One, they're going to get a relief pitcher. And two, Rowdy Telez, play him every day. Is he a little bit on the streaky side? Just a tick. But let him work through that as a starter. It's his first time giving the car keys to that position. Let him drive that car. And let him go through what happens when in a series you go 0 for 4 in game 1, 0 for 3 with a walk in game 2. Let him experience those things because if he never does, he's never going to be an everyday guy. His power numbers are looking sweet. They are. Uh, 414-799-1250. Got to, got to take a break. We'll continue to take your calls. Are you satisfied? Brewers with a victory today. 5-3 final. They're 44-33. and 33, 11 games over. They've won four in a row, five of their last six, against really good baseball teams. Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show right here on The Fan. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show. What play got you the most excited from today's game? Did it get you up off the couch? It's time for the call of the game. Presented by the 5 O'Clock Steakhouse. 5 O'Clock Steakhouse. Wisconsin's number one steakhouse by the Food Network. Visit them and make online reservations at 5oClockSteakhouse.com. Brewers get the win today. They take the game and win the series. They sweep the two-game set over the Tampa Rays. 5-3 final. Uh, Rowdy Telez with two home runs. That's Rowdy Rowdy with two home runs. Uh, Jace Peterson had a uh, home run, and Luis Urias is starting to heat up. He's a guy to keep your eyes on. They need they need him offensively. They really do. And, and now he's starting to pick it back up. Uh, calls of the game brought to you by five o'clock steakhouse your home grill kits are waiting for you right now at five o'clock steakhouse you can check out five o'clock steakhouse.com i did i love it and uh, you will too Uh, we'll get to some calls and then get to our calls of the game defense was pivotal in this game 
And we'll explain that in just a second here. Did you hear the rowdy chants down at Tropicana Field? I was loving it. You know, they, they only had 13,000 last night in the stands, 15,000 today. How is that possible in a, in a city, uh, in, a, in a market like Tampa St. Pete, where, I mean, sports is just big time down there, and they really have some really good sports teams? The Lightning doing what they're doing, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously, and, and the Rays? How, how is it? Makes you feel proud to be a, a Milwaukee Brewers fan headed to American Family Field. It really does. Is it the stadium? I, you know, I don't. Did I hear that they downsize the actual stadium, uh, their capacity, where it's I, only like twenty five, thirty thousand capacity? Is that is that true? I wouldn't be shocked if they have tarp, tarped off the upper deck. See, here's part of the problem is uh is you're talking about the lightning and the and the buccaneers and the lightning uh emily arena is right in the heart of downtown tampa wonderful vibrant district uh the buccaneers are just basically across the interstate and a few blocks north in in uh, at ray j the uh the tropicana field is not just in saint petersburg but it's South St. Petersburg. So if you're in downtown Tampa, if you live in Tampa and you want to go to a Rays game, you have to go across this five or six mile bridge and then south another five or six miles in a Florida rush hour to get there. And it's so it's like coming from Racine to American Family Field. Bingo. That it is. You remember Tim how how uh, Olympic Stadium in Montreal over time they were talking about how difficult it was because that yeah. that stadium was so far from anything. Uh, it's it's literally the same thing because you know that was built to attract the San Francisco Giants back in the eighties and that didn't happen. But this this retro stadium is in the middle of of nowhere compared to the rest of that market. That's that's a huge part of the problem. Yeah, I I didn't realize that that uh, it, it was so far south in in St. Pete, but but still, I mean, wow, they're a good, really good baseball team. Have had uh... how powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show. What play got you the most excited from today's game? Did it get you up off the couch? It's time for the call of the game 
Presented by the 5 O'Clock Steakhouse. 5 O'Clock Steakhouse, Wisconsin's number one steakhouse by the Food Network. Now featuring home grill kits to go. Visit them at 5oClockSteakhouse.com. Rowdy Telez going national with the Rowdy Chance. I heard him down there in Tampa, part of a, a two-home run, 5-3 Brewers victory. Uh, we'll get to the calls of the game. I want to get to your calls uh, right now at 799-1250. Are you satisfied with the 11-game over mark after everything you know that has occurred here in the 2022 championship season? Roger, you're next on the fan. What's going on? Ah, hey, Tim. Uh, yeah, I'll answer your question this way because I really, I'm really, i glad you set it up. I actually called in before you set up the show with this question, and I'm glad you did because, for me, I think, you know, in terms of my expectations, I think they're in flux. But in terms of the last two days, I think there was some measurable progress made. And this is how I looked at it going into this series. We were facing a good ball club who was 10 games over 500 at home and two games under away. So we weren't catching any breaks in terms of the ball mm-hmm. club or the venue. So it was a formidable challenge, and that meant a lot to me. I thought it was a great challenge. In addition, in addition, I don't think I would have been moved much if it wasn't uh, any, for anything short of having a great performance by Woody or a good one by Lar today. And I think, I think we accomplished that. So going forward, here's where I'm at, and I don't know if this makes sense. <laughs> like I said, my expectations are in flux. And I think in terms of both the club and, for that matter, even Yellich, I'm going to give it a be, about two more weeks before I really lock in in terms of where I think this ball club is going and locking in those expectations going forward. But, I I mean, in terms of the last two days, uh, I think they were important. Loved how the offense and defense reacted. I like what we got out of our pitchers. So, um, uh, I mean, in terms of a meal, it'd be like one of those uh, 5 o'clock, steak uh grilling dishes that you talked about <laughs> yes our home grill kit from five o'clock yeah, steakhouse yeah. yes it was up there okay all right thank you thank you roger Seven nine nine twelve fifty. it is a formidable team it's a similar team as as the milwaukee brewers in that lower payroll smaller market win on pitching and defense Although the Brewers do have a little more slug, uh, and maybe a little is, is uh, understating it, they have more slug than, uh, than the Tampa Rays do. Tampa has a little more clutch in them, in my estimation. Although you're seeing a little more clutch mid to late game here out of this baseball team, out of the Brewers. They're very similar in that nature. So, again, going into the series, you wonder why you see a sacrifice bunt from a two-time batting champ and an MVP of just a couple of years ago, a sacrifice bunt in the seventh inning. The reason why is because they have good pitching. And so do we at the back end and thus play for the run late. That's just a brilliant move. It's just Leroy Butler today on the Wendy's Big Show asked me, you know, where that comes from. 
You know, you, you, you talk about small ball versus, uh, you know, the three true outcomes, walk, strike out, and home run. When, when a guy does bunt, when a team does bunt, where does that uh, command come from? Is that the uh, internal command of the, the player itself, himself, deciding that this is the, in the best interest of the team here for me to lay down a bunt? Okay, if, as, as Kevin Holden from CBS 58, and he's in the studio here, said that, yeah, this, you know, to beat the shift, I mean, that's a no-brainer. That's up to the player. But in a situation that Christian Yelich was in today in the seventh inning tie ball game, you know you've got Box Williams hater. And more and more and more times than not, that is a victory. So to get the run right there, did that come from Craig Council? Well, I, you know, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. These days, I'm not sure of the answer to that. I'm not sure that a take sign is prevalent in baseball. I'm not sure that you're forced to give up an at-bat and hit behind the runner in baseball. I'm not convinced or, or I'm not sure that, you know, the, the, the bunt sign is, okay, the indicator is my right ear. I'll go to my nose and then go to my crotch at third base, and that that's the bunt sign. I'm not sure that that even occurs. Kevin, do you think that Leroy Butler asked me the question? I didn't know the answer. Do you? I think it's way, way less. I mean, you, you, you know when we were younger the way that you could figure out you know, a team strategy, you do the watching the third base coach give the signs was a huge deal. When I was a kid, I, I, I started trying to decode it a little just, bit. Just amazing. Don Zimmer over at third years ago, Joe Malfatano and these guys. Yeah. Just like, just, you know, the, the, the sequence and the, like how rapid the sequence was. And I, yeah, I don't know. I, it, analytics tells you that a lot of that stuff uh, has gone by the wayside because Analytics will say, you know, swinging away, swinging for power nets you more runs supposedly over the course of a game if you do it every single time. But you and I both know there are times when you need one, specifically one, and that's a bunt will bring you closer to one. And the other thing about it, and this goes back to, to college ball, but Augie Garrido, the great college baseball coach at uh, Cal State Fullerton in Texas, used to say a bunt is a show of sacrifice for your team, sacrificing yourself, your out, for the team. And sometimes when you do that, good things happen by accident because just as there are fewer bunts, there are fewer defenses against bunts, more likelihood of an error, mm-hmm. even from the professionals. So it's it has value. I'm not saying it has to happen all the time, but when you see it like it was today from Yelich, I'm all in favor of it. And it, and it really, Kevin... I- you know, in in a in a bigger picture way, it does come down to unfortunately, money as well, because you're asking these young players, they know flip their baseball card over, home runs, RBIs, OPS, that gets them the money. That's where the money is, because if they can put together two three years, they can get the I'm set for life contract and. In my estimation, the second I would get a $10 million contract, I'm good. I'm good. Give me $10 million. I can, I'm, do just fine with investments on $10 million. I'm good. And they're, they're no different once they get to that. Well, what gets them that? You think sacrificing your ABs is going to get you to $10 million quicker? It does play a part, and I completely understand it. I do. However, there probably are managers – that would 
on day one of spring training, just say, look, guys, just so you know, I don't know what kind of personal situations you're in, but I may ask you to bunt or hit behind a runner and sacrifice your AB at any time all year long. So just don't let it surprise you. Let's just have terms and conditions out front here. I don't know if that's done these days, and my guess is it ain't. Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe bet that, uh, you know, the, you're, the, the concern is much more exit velo and launch angle and positioning and stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not shaking my fist at the cloud over no. that. I think those, those things have helped some parts of the game. But it is uh, sometimes within a game situation, you got to do some, some tweaking to things. Yeah. It's not an at-bat with the bases empty in the first is not the same as Christian Yelich's at-bat in the seventh in no. that situation. you got to no. be ready for it. And, Kevin, those analytics that you talked about that said, well, they're, they're a big, long sample size. Analytically, this is what you should do. It discounts almost completely today's situation. Does it, does it account for... You're in Tampa Bay against a good bullpen down for the Rays. Does it specifically account for that? When you talk long-term analytics, it doesn't. It just lumps it all in together. A, A general baseline, this is what you get. And that baseline actually is a roller coaster ride because in some cases it is better to play for the bigger inning. In other cases, like today, it's not, and it wasn't, and it was a brilliant move. I, I'm... Pretty, I'm pretty convinced that came from council, the 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 choice to have Yelich bunt makes sense. I mean, I, and it's good, right? It's really good. It's real. It's really good, and and it also thus, you know, it doesn't affect Yelich's money. He's he's he got his money. That doesn't affect him. So utilize anytime you can get Christian Yelich involved in anything right now offensively. You do it. You do it if it helps the team win. And it, and I don't know if Craig Council is getting enough uh, credit here for moving him to that leadoff spot. 20 games in now, in the leadoff position, hitting over 300, on base over 400. Had another multi-hit game today. And some, let's face it, I mean, I got to be honest, got to be real. Uh, some of it is soft contact. From Yelich it is. But, if you, if, hey, you create your own luck at times, and it just looks like he's ready to go. It just, I don't know about you guys, does it feel like he's just... Slowly lighting the fuse of a power surge, it kind of feels that way to me. I'm not totally convinced of that yet, but it's just starting to lean in that direction. All right, uh, get some highlights in a second here. Trav, i got to get you in here real quick. You've been holding on. What's going on? How's it going, Tim? Uh, love everybody at 12.50 a.m. The Fan afternoon show. Love you Thanks too, Trav. taking my call. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm happy where we're at. I think, you know... You know, all the injuries and the way, you know, struggling at the plate and, you know, pitchers. Hey, we're fine. We will be fine. Um, today at work, you know, I get bad reception. So when Yelich bunted, how many outs were there, man? No, nobody out. Nobody yeah. out, man, on first. And I, I think that was a council move. I know, like you guys just talked about with Kevin, you know, he's got his money. And if there's one out, I don't think I'm having them bunt. But no. You've you no, got to no. move that runner over, and uh, every game counts, and uh, he did his job. And like Kevin said, too, you know, if you lay down the perfect bunt, you know, you could be like uh, Bill Buckner in 85 or whatever, or it happens a lot. You know, he might be on first and Jason on second, or, you know, 
you know, the overthrow and everybody's looking at each other, well, why the first baseman comes off to charge the pitchers and everybody's safe, you know. So it's good Make move. a make a play. Yep. yep. All right, Trav. Yep. Always a pleasure. Seven nine nine twelve fifty. All right, let's get to, if you happen to miss the game today, the Brewers get the victory 5-3. They sweep the two-game set down in Tampa. Not an easy place to play. Not an easy place to grab a, a series victory, let alone the, the sweep in the series. Granted, short, short series. Let's get you a game recap here. Calls of the game with 5 o'clock Steakhouse. Uh, Brewers empty in the first inning when this game started at 11-10 this morning. Uh, Sam, you, you got, you've got the box in front of you. Can you give me the game time? Was it lean, heavy lean on four-hour game, right? I'll have to find it real quick. Yeah, I, don't, I have here. the ESPN uh, box score up. The MLB one has it, so you just I give me a say second it was here. Almost four on, on the nose. On the button, right. Right, right. <laughs> four-hour game. Devin Williams, pitch the baseball. Dude just <laughs> loves it tense. I'm gonna lose wow, years. Does he like to take a stroll, huh? Yeah, I'm going to lose years off my life when, because of Devin Williams pitching. Wow. That's so. I got to be fair because I gripe about other teams' pitchers doing it. So I have to be fair about it, Devin. It's excruciating at times. I mean, we'll take it because he's so damn successful. But and same with Hater today. He was taking his sweet old time and getting himself into some trouble. Uh, all right, first inning. Um, Brewers do uh, come up empty. Uh, that is after. Christian Yelich had just, I talked about soft contact. Christian Yelich had just a little, excuse me, check swing, little infield base hit. But uh, pop up, line out, strike out, uh, gets the game into the bottom of the second, uh, first inning. Um, as it's no score, after one out in that bottom of the first inning off Eric Lauer, this play happened. How about this? It's flashing some leather from Luis Urias. Go little bleeder, shallow right, long run, Urias. Diving catch. Yes, he held on to it. What a play by Luis Urias. My goodness. Well, what a play by Urias. Incredible. Big-time play. He had it, then it popped up a little bit, and then it popped back into his glove. That was huge. Brewers do break through in the second inning, leading off the frame with the rowdy chance. It was Rowdy Telez. Telez into center field. Back onto the warning track at the wall. It's off the top of the fence. Did it get out? It sure did. Climbed up right over the top of the wall. And Rowdy Telez with home run number 14. They were looking for more in that inning. That was followed up by a double from Brasso. Caratini then hit by a pitch. One in, two on, nobody out. But Tyrone Taylor, down 0-2, strikeout. Jonathan Davis, down 0-2, strikeout. Christian Yelich, down 0-2, strikeout. Ouch. Wow. They do take the lead in that second inning. Bottom of the second. Shutdown inning after the Brewers take the lead. Jonathan Davis headlong into the fence. They're going to say he caught the baseball. Jonathan Davis is down. Randy Arozarena comes in and scores, but now all of the focus is on Jonathan Davis out in center field. My God, what an effort. Unbelievable play by Jonathan Davis. Did he hold on to the baseball? Looks like he did. The second base umpire said it was an out out there on the field. That might be the catch of the year. Yeah, no kidding. In all the baseball. Yeah, he he really um, 
he ended up leaving the game, staying in right there, but ended up later on leaving the game back in rib cage injuries for Jonathan Davis. And I'll tell you what, it, it uh, turned out that it probably had a little bit of a difference in this game. I'll get to that in a second. Brewers empty in the third inning. Uh, Lauer holds it through the bottom of the third into the fourth. One zip. Nothing for the crew in their half of the fourth. Rays break through in the bottom half. Hitting a walk against Lauer in that fourth. And it puts two on with one out. Then a double steal. Second and third with the one out. And then it's big strikeout to G-Man Choi with a chance to get out of it. Now it doesn't happen because... Uh, 160 or 159 hitter, a bloop double that Jace couldn't get to. And that's where the injury to Davis played a part because it would have been somebody else in right field. Taylor in right field may have made that grab. Nothing against Jace, but the uh, Rays took the lead. Two to one on that two-run bloop double. Brewers bounce right back with two outs in the fifth. McCutcheon draws a walk. And it's set up. He homered yesterday in the sixth inning, a two-run shot. How about this two-run shot in the fifth inning today for Luis Urias? Urias with a fly ball out to left center. That is well struck, headed towards the gap, and it is gone. That one hit off the C-ring, and Luis Urias has hit a two-run home run to put the Brewers out in front. As if we just didn't talk about that. My goodness. Right off the C-ring and gone, another two-run home run for Luis Arias. Frank Thomas has nothing on Luis Arias. (laughs) 3-2, Brewers bounce right back to take the lead. Well, uh, Rays bounce right back, and they tie it up with one out. A runner at first gives up a run-scoring double to Franco that tied the game at three. Council goes to his pen. Bottom of the fifth, just four and a third for Eric Lauer. And the three runs uh, because uh, Gustave came in to get a couple of outs to keep the game tied at three into the sixth inning. Brewers one, two, three. Uh, it's, it stayed tied to the bottom, and Gustave gets the first out, and Milner comes in for a couple of outs to get the game into the seventh. Here at the Brewers, this is what we've been talking about. Seventh inning, tie game. Uh, Jace Peterson was hit by a pitch to lead off the inning. So there it is, seventh inning. You can go box in the bottom, Williams in the bottom of the eighth, and obviously Hayter in the bottom of the ninth. But you need a run to get to to that uh, little sequence. So with Jace on first, Christian Yelich lays down a successful sacrifice bunt. Perfect for Christian Yelich. Jace moves over to second. On a wild pitch during the Adamas at bat, he moves over to third base. Now, again, tense times here. Uh, as uh, there he is, runner at third base with the one out for Adamas. <clears throat> he strikes out. That's a huge out. And it brought up Andrew McCutcheon, and he grounded out to end the inning. So those of you against small ball might say that, see, it didn't work. So as much as we applaud the effort and, and the fact that they did it, really at the end of the day, you could say it actually didn't work. Who knows if Christian Yelich would have hit a two-run bomb right there. And you're, you're probably right. We'll, we'll never know. Boxberger in the bottom of the seventh. Scoreless in, in the seventh. Strikeout, strikeout, walk, and fly out. Uh, bullpen doing an amazing job today to, uh, to preserve a uh, 3-3 game to that point. Eighth inning, good news and bad news. The bad news, three strikeouts 
for the crew. The good news is that another big swing happened from Rowdy, Rowdy to Les. Swing and a high fly, deep right field. It is back. It is off the top of the catwalk and gone. We've got another catwalk shot for Rowdy Telez. Harold Ramirez kept waiting for that ball to come down. It was off the catwalk and out of here, and the Brewers have the lead. Boy, a couple of high, towering home runs for the Brewers, one by Urias. And now Rowdy Telez with yet another multiple home run game. Yeah, and you could hear the rowdy chants during that at-bat, before and after. That That's pretty cool. Early in that inning, I, I must say that uh, the home plate umpire, Rackley, was uh, hit on a foul ball. So there was a length, lengthy delay there. That was a foul ball by Luis Urias, uh, two pitches into that eighth inning. So things shut down for about uh, 20, 25 minutes, and that's... A big reason why this game was four hours. But all told, Brewers take the 4-3 lead, bottom of the eighth. Devin Williams, a little shaky in the eighth inning, but effective. Strikeout, walk, strikeout, stolen base, walk, strikeout. (laughs) Strikes out the side, wrapped around two walks and a uh, stolen base. Uh, Into the ninth inning, Brewers looking for insurance in that ninth inning, and with one out, they get it off the bat of Jace Peterson. Jace Peterson into one in the right center field back. Ramirez at the warning track, and it is gone right to the right of the rate tank. There's your insurance. It's 5-3. There's that guy again coming up with a big hit. And there it is, a two-run game, 5-3. Josh Hader on, allows a hit and a walk, and he had all sorts of problems, but he got out of it. 24 save of 25 chances for Josh Hader, and there's your Brewers' victory, 5-3 final, all the highlights, courtesy of Bally Sports Wisconsin. You want to comment on this one? You uh, are more than welcome to pick up the phone, 414-799-1250. In the meantime, we'll take a break and come back here from Craig Council. And he's got to be pretty pleased with the game today as well as the two games in Tampa. They knocked down a two-game sweep. They won four in a row. That's what we call a winning streak. Uh, they won five of their last six. Kind of rolling right now. There's Kevin Holden, Sam Schmitz. My name is Tim Allen. Gene Wagner, Plumbing Post Game Show here on The Fan. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show. Let's get the scoop from the skipper on today's game on 1250 AM, The Fan. We're going to hear from Rowdy Telez in just a couple of minutes, and then we will return you to your regularly scheduled programming, and that is the Fan Afternoon Show with CBS 58's Kevin Holden. In just a bit, he will uh, read some happy Brewers numbers today as the Brewers get a 5-3 victory to take the game and to sweep the two-game set. Brewers have won four consecutive games, five of their last six, and you know, against some pretty good competition, the five of the last six, that's, that's for sure. The final game in, uh, against St. Louis. Then they take two of three against the Jays and two against the Rays. That's, that's a nice roll that the Brewers are on. Uh, Eric Lauer today, uh, four and a third, you would have preferred to get a little more length. I, I think when you look at, we'll check out the box score in just a second here. When you look at uh, Devin Williams going back to back, 
Josh Hader going back-to-back, especially Hader, the amount of pitches he threw uh, locking down his 24 save. He's going to be unavailable tomorrow. You're going to need a long start tomorrow. And, and I think if it's one of those one-run games, mm, yeah, you're probably going to see a guy like Trevor Gott in a safe situation tomorrow. So this did impact tomorrow's game, but they did get the victory. Let's hear from the Brewers manager. How did the uh, the bullpen step up today to help you guys secure this one? Yeah, I mean they were they were great again today. Um, four and two thirds, I think, was what we got from them. Um, and just you know they had to work hard for it too. So Josh and Devin had to work hard in their innings, and they put up some good at bats. Um, but I thought Yandel and and um, Hobie kind of controlled the middle of the game for us and, and we've been talking about getting those guys back is you know kind of the goal is to control the middle of the game uh, with, with those guys and they did it again today How good has Gustave been? How important has that been to kind of like solidify those middle innings since he came back? Yeah I mean I, I you know that's going to be the job of Gustave, Hobie and, and Trevor God I think those are those guys are, are going to be huge in that area and um, you know since coming back they've 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 done a nice job. Hobie's done it all season. Um, but Yandel, you know, getting out of that jam and, um, you know, kind of putting the game in order where it was a pretty pretty easy to see what we were going to do was, was important. To get six homers in two games off of their pitching staff, I mean, what does that say about kind of the approaches that your guys had? Yeah, it's nice. I mean, we got, you know, I think just Rowdy, getting Rowdy hitting some homers for us is – you know, it's a big key for our offense, and it's it's not going to happen all the time, obviously. But um, he's in a little streak right now where he's hitting some homers, and that that means runs for us. And the guys ahead of him, Yelly's doing a nice job getting on base. Um, but it was you know Jace's homer in the in the ninth was enormous to to give Josh a little bit of breathing room. Um, you know, Weicho came back after they, um, you know, just to, to give us a lead again. What did you think of Jonathan Davis's catch? Oh, spectacular. Um, scary. Those two words, probably. Probably, probably both. He, he's doing good. I mean, I think what you saw is kind of where he's sore right now. He grabbed his, you know, mid-back um, along the right side, and that, that's where he's sore right now. Um, and we were just a little concerned about that. But he, he's doing pretty good. Um uh, kind of more precautionary, but he was he was sore, and then he grabbed that spot like immediately. You know, when we, we saw when he made the catch, so um, just being safe there and see how he just doing tomorrow. Off the bat, did you think he had any chance to make that play? Well, I mean, I, he's he's a good center fielder, um, so I, I did think he had a chance. But but where the ball ended up is you know for how hard it was hit for him to get there, and then from put his body and health at risk was was brilliant. I mean, there were great catches, and then there were just things you haven't seen before. Is this in that realm for you? Yeah, it it, it was an incredible catch, and I mean, I th- it was you know scary and spectacular. That's that's those are the two words that come to mind because the when he hit the wall, it was scary. What did you see from Eric today? Um, I mean, I, I thought Eric threw the ball well. Uh, you know, some of his misses, I think, a, a little bit got him in trouble. Um, but you know we we got a glove on a ball when they got the two runs and he he made some pitches to pretty much get himself out of that inning. Um, so it, the 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 line probably doesn't look quite as good as I think they were 
think it could have. Um, you know, easily could have been looking at you know one run there um, if Jace is able to come up with that ball. Just as a whole, what do you think of the way you guys are playing right now, coming out of that, that little funk that you had to t- turn around? Yeah, well, we had two tough games here, and, and a lot of guys stepped up. I think it beat a good baseball team, and last two series, two good baseball teams, and um, that means a lot of guys are doing things well, and I think that's what you see. we got a lot of guys contributing right now, and that's, that's how you got to beat good teams. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show. It's time to dive inside the box score for today's game on 1250 AM The Fan. Well, let's take a look at the numbers here. A Brewers 5-3 victory. And uh, to do that, uh, you know, this this is a treat here to get CBS 58's Kevin Holden just hanging around during the post game show. And you can uh, do the honors of uh, the offensive numbers and pitching lines for the crew, Mr. Holden. I appreciate that, Tim, because I would be looking this over at home anyway. It's just just a matter of <laughs> saying this into a microphone instead of in my head, right? That's right. All right, so it starts off with Christian Yelich in the leadoff spot. It was two for four. Did strike out twice, but did lay down that sacrifice bunt that uh, – Gives the small ball fans a little bit of hope. And then Craig Council went very righty heavy against the lefty starting pitcher. Willie Adamas was 0 for 5 with a strikeout. Andrew McCutcheon hitless on the day 0 for 4. He walked once. He did score a run. So there's a contributor uh, to the offense even with the hitless day. Luis Urias, 1 for 4. A run scored and two runs batted in because he was one of those dudes that hit the catwalk. I was singing right said Fred all day today. <laughs> on the catwalk. That's on right. the catwalk. Right. Yeah. I forgot about that song. Oh, you know, I, I, was, I was obnoxious. Thank goodness my wife was at work today. Um, uh, Rowdy Telez, 2 for 4. Two runs and two ribbies thanks to a couple of solo homers. That dude's last five hits have been homers, and he has been huge. Four long balls in the span of three games going back to Sunday. he's hot. Uh, Mike Brasso won for three. He was lifted. Uh, Colton Wong came into the game. A pinch hitter eventually played second. He was 0 for 1. Victor Caratini 0 for 3 with a couple of strikeouts out of that seven spot. Tyrone Taylor, who started in right and then moved to center, 0 for 3. A walk and three strikeouts for Taylor. And then uh, Jonathan Davis, uh, who was doing his best Lorenzo Kane impression, tried to break himself in half defensively. Uh, was 0 for 1, did have a strikeout before leaving the game. Jace Peterson uh, came in for Davis, right fielder, 1 for 2, had a run, had a run, uh, a run batted in as well. So that's on the on the uh, hitting end. So do we handle pitching now, Tim? Is this yeah, where absolutely. I go? Absolutely, pitching lines for the Brewers and a, a little bit of a shorter start for Eric Lauer. So Eric Lauer goes four and a third, and part of that is he threw ninety two pitches. He he ran that pitch count up a bit. Allowed three runs, all earned, uh, two walks, three strikeouts, a total of six hits allowed. He did keep it in the yard. Everybody on the Brewers did. No home runs allowed today. And then comes that bullpen, Handel Gustave. You know, I have to do that that way. Um, mm-hmm. It's essential. An inning, scoreless inning with a strikeout for Gustave. And then Hobie Milner, the great Hobie Milner. Two-thirds of an inning, zeros across the board, nothing allowed. And then comes that stretch. Seventh inning, Boxberger. Eighth inning, Williams. Ninth inning, Hater. So here's how this broke down. Boxberger throws the seventh, scoreless, did walk a guy, struck out two, no hits allowed. Devin Williams... Took his time getting there, walked a couple of guys, but in the middle of all of that, he did strike out the side in the eighth inning and did not allow a hit. And then Josh Hader did allow one hit and did walk a batter just to make things interesting. I mean, you know, the for 13,000 or whatever was there today, they needed something to uh, 
to to you know celebrate for the home team. But Hader did shut the door eventually uh, for his twenty fourth save. So that's a that's a wrap there on how it looks yeah. in the box. Score. And Boxberger, I believe, was credited with the victory. Is that right? He did. He's now two and one. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And a hold that's- for Devin Williams. And and there you go. A Brewers victory, forty four and thirty three here through 77 games uh, in the 22 championship season, 15,000-plus, four hours it took for this one. Wow, just a scant four hours. I think everyone's going to love, and maybe for another conversation, everyone's going to love the pitch clock next year. Everyone is – it may be a subtle move, but you you would think it's a subtle move, but it, it will make a difference. It's shaving in the minors. It's shaving off pretty much a half hour in most cases. It doesn't seem like, okay, so what are you going to do, Tim? It's, it's, it's a half hour less. No one's going to notice. Uh-uh. You'll notice it. You'll notice the, the play on the field. You'll notice the, it'll be a little more, uh, there'll be a little more action here. And, and I think from what I'm reading, the players are adapting to it, Kevin, uh, in the minors. They are kind of getting used to it a little bit. So it does keep the defense on the toes. Some of the pitchers, some of the old-school guys, some of the really high-end successful, Garrett Coles, Max Scherzers, all these guys, they may not like it, but too bad. It's yeah. just too bad. It's it's time to play the game. That's the truth. And and as minor leaguers, you said in the beginning there were a few – there was some adjusting, some guys saying, oh, I don't know about this. This is pretty quick. But half an hour shaved off the game is great, but half an hour of dead time shaved off the game is exactly what baseball needs. None of this trimming – from nine innings to seven, Tim, that's 30 minutes of good action that you lose. If it's yeah. 30 minutes of dead action that you lose, that's that that's perfect. That's exactly those pauses in between are what is separating baseball in these lengthy games from what it was uh, you know, when they played at a quicker pace. And I think it's important to keep in mind it's not just the pitchers that are, you know, getting getting a, a, a fuse lit underneath them to 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 get the game, keep the game moving. It's the hitters too. And the hitters are going to be required to get in there you, because you swung and miss. You, you, that gives you the right to take a little walk behind the umpire and take a look at the crowd in the second deck and blow a bubble and stretch your shoulder out because, just simply because you swung and missed. Now, time to play baseball. I think people are going to like it. It's going to be a little bit of a change. So uh, more of that conversation uh, as we move along this summer. We'll take a break. Who are we going to hear from next with Sophia Minner? We'll hear from the man himself, Rowdy Tellez. Rowdy, Rowdy, Rowdy is rolling a Brewers 5-3 victory, which included a couple of solo shots from the Brewers' first baseman. You're listening to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show here on The Fan. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show. On 1250 AM, The Fan. Time to head into the clubhouse and hear from the pros. All right, welcome back. 5-3 final. Just a couple of minutes left. We'll preview tomorrow's game one of a four-game set in Pittsburgh. And if uh, being in Pittsburgh makes you nervous, I'm a little bit right there with you. Uh, it is not just before the All-Star break, though, so that does make me feel a little bit better. There's been some nightmares in Pittsburgh on the eve of the uh, All-Star break, but uh, we're still you know, several weeks away from that. But let's hear from today's hero. Two solo shots, big part of a Brewers two-run victory. It's Rowdy Telez with Sophia Minnert on Bally Sports Wisconsin. 
Rowdy, on the homestand, we talked about you wanting to backspin more balls. How about four homers in the last four days for you? Another multi-homer game. What's gone into the approach? Um, you know, just trying to be on time, uh, get the foot down, and, and stay in the big part of the field. So uh, I think when I'm able to be consistent and drive the ball to center field, it's going to help me in, in all facets of my game. Coming over from Toronto, you've played a lot here. Did that help, seeing the ball here at the Trop? Uh I don't like playing here. Uh, I think it's hard to see the ball here, but uh, you know, I was able to put two good swings on some pitches that were in the middle of the zone. So uh, I think it was just where the locations were more than anything. Jonathan Davis made one of the best defensive plays and catches that we have seen all season long. What was your reaction when you saw Jonathan go back for that ball to Rob Randy and Rosarena? Well, you gotta remember, I played with him since 2013, so um, that was casual. I, I've seen him do that multiple times. I've seen him stretch it off the field. Um, you know, that doesn't shock me one bit. I tell him every time he does it to stop because I don't feel like dealing with him and uh, him being off the field. But, you know, he's uh, he's one of the best outfielders, if not the best I've ever played with. So for me, watching him do that, he's he's just he's fearless. That's the word you describe. He's fearless. He's, he's going to be out there whether he wants it or not. The Rays have a tough lineup. What about the job the bullpen did? Four and two-thirds scoreless innings to help you guys come away with the sweep. That's huge. I mean, that's what we are. We're pitching, you know. So if we're able to put some runs up on the board, uh, we know that they're going to do the rest. It lights out, and, um, you know, that's how our uh, team is built around. It's built around the pitching staff, and um, if we can just do as much as we can to put on two, three, four runs on the board, we know we got a good chance to win. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show. Time to turn the page and take a look at the crew's next game. All right, Brewers got to turn the page, good or bad, and this in a, a good spot. They've won uh, four consecutive games, and they'll go after five in game one of a four-game set in Pittsburgh, and we'll see. The weather looks decent. I took a sneak peek at uh, the weekend weather forecast in Pittsburgh, and it looks okay. So normally it's rain. It wouldn't surprise me if there's rain, but nonetheless... Let's check the matchups for game one tomorrow. First pitch, 6.05. After the last pitch, you make the switch right here. Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show, Sam. All right, tomorrow, Brewers Pirates. It'll be Adrian Hauser on the mound for the Milwaukee Brewers. 4-8 and eight this season with a 4.5 ERA. His last outing against the Toronto Blue Jays got a loss. Went six innings pitch, nine hits, five earned runs. One walk and three strikeouts for Adrian Hauser. He'll be going up against the right-handed pitcher JT Brubaker for the Pittsburgh Pirates. One and seven on the year, four one four ERA. His last outing was against these Tampa Bay Rays. He went six innings pitched, nine hits, three runs, all earned, and six strikeouts, no walks. Yeah, these, some of these ERAs gotta gotta come down here a little bit. Uh, Hauser's one of them, four and a half. He's he's got to bring that thing down. Brandon Woodruff, despite yesterday, that's at uh, just under four and a half. That's got to come down. Lowers is going in the wrong direction. So going to need to uh, turn things around on the pitching side as well, guys, not just the offense. All right, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you tomorrow. The Fans Afternoon Show featuring and starring CBS 58's Kevin Holden is on tap next. For Sam Schmitz, my name is Tim Allen. You guys have a great day and smile, Milwaukee. The world will smile back.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.